Thanks so much for tuning in to the Bethlehem Church Podcast, where our goal is to offer you compelling biblical content to equip you to live an empowered Christian life. Today, Pastor Matt and I are having a conversation about his second message from 1 Corinthians 16 as we put a close on the series. Let's jump in. Well, hey there, I'm Pastor Cody. And I'm Pastor Matt. And we are here on this Faithful Thursday to have a conversation. Nice. I like how you switched that. And flipped it around. Yep. We're flipping it. Yep. And this week we're talking about a capstone, really the capstone message to our series in 1 Corinthians uh, from 1 Corinthians 16, Circling the Wagons Part 2. Yeah, Part 2. Part 1 last week. If you missed that, go back and watch it on our YouTube channel. Yeah, man. Um, but this week we are putting a capstone on the capstone message of <laughs> of your series. <laughs> yeah, it was too much. I guess I knew from the beginning that you know, it was going to be a couple of messages, but that was cool. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I, it was just a great book. I learned so much going through first Corinthians. It's true. Yeah. I did too. Just really good things. And honestly, like just shifts in perspective and excuse me. Wow. That was in, enriching, but I didn't hear uh, it in my headphones. If that makes you feel better. Okay, good. Uh, <laughs> I think my, my mic's probably a little bit lowered today, but it's all good. But I think that, um, uh, yeah, it, it's always good and nice when scripture changes your perspective yeah you know what i mean when it's like hey i'm gonna read through this book and study it and i didn't come out on the other end you know the the same way you know what we have different microphones today oh i didn't think about that it's definitely different yeah that's it oh okay well you just made a discovery with us live on air yeah there it is yeah wow that is a huge difference between this and the betas yeah yeah Mm -hmm. it's all good i can hear pretty good though so i think we're probably all right yeah cool yeah peace if you can't hear Uh, i'll boost it and post it's okay anyway keep going you want to start (laughs) over no we're good i don't think it needs to be adjusted okay yeah we're good uh so yeah i just think it's been neat to to see um you know my perspective shift based on you know the scriptures and you know kind of the content and how that's uh it's definitely driven a different it's put me in a different lane uh, and I wanted it, you know, I was kind of anticipating that coming into this study, into this book. I wanted it to jump into first Corinthians based on controversial topics, based on things that I knew that I was, the Lord was dealing me, de- dealing with he me. He was dealing you. <laughs> he was dealing me. He's your dealer. <laughs> he was dealing with me differently <laughs> than he has in the past. So anyway, but it, it, it met and exceeded every expectation. So it's nice. really good. Yeah, it's good. And I think especially this chapter, really the beginning and ending of most epistles, mm. like a lot of, I feel like a lot of humanity comes out where you can really so see true. that it's a divine human work. Like this is just yeah. Paul writing to it you know, a church. Right. Right. You know, it, yeah, it's the word of God, but it's the word of God in the form of Paul writing a letter to his fellow believers. Yeah. Can you see that? Really cool. Mm-hmm. So, well, before we jump in here, I have a question for you. Um, this is probably going to be an interesting answer. Um, so what's the funniest way you've ever broken the law? Uh, the funniest way? Mm-hmm. The funniest yeah. way. Just I've a, a fun memory of some good old fashioned debauchery. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty straight laced. There's nothing. Okay, what about your past life? I I don't really have my past life. Like, <laughs> I listened to Eminem once. I did, maybe <laughs> twice. Yeah, breaking the law. I would I would do better like talking about the laws within my Christian school that I broke. Okay, we'll go with that. <laughs> That's cool. But like, I don't know as far as like breaking the law. I'm trying to think. Maybe a few trespassing uh, yeah. things. I've definitely broken trespassing, hunting. Uh, going on people's property that I should, <laughs> you know, <I laughs> with mean, firearms. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> at some point, this is the difference. Like my first vehicle was a 
1985 F-150. Four-speed mm. on the floor, long wheelbase, black... Man, I miss that truck. I wish that I had, like, you know, cell that phones back then. That thing has probably rusted into a pile of dust at this <laughs> point. <laughs> oh, well, I totaled it. Oh. I've totaled oh, so many vehicles sure now. <laughs> yeah, no, a police officer rear-ended me. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's where you got your back injury Yeah, from. that's where I have back issues. But, no, that... And that's where he, like you know wrecked half of his body hitting me because that truck was a tank but <laughs> but yeah i mean i had you know we would go hunting and thank goodness you were in a big truck i know yeah that's probably why i'm sitting here but yeah i would say just stuff like that you know as a kid riding through cornfields and stuff like that you know yeah. hunting and you know you kind of blur the lines between oh yeah that's the property i'm allowed to be on <laughs> <laughs> sure <laughs> what a different I've, i feel like i've lived like three different lives though you know it's like Florida was totally different. You know, our family was five minutes from the beach. And then we moved when I was in seventh grade to this podunk holler, Tennessee town. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, the NWI, Northwest Indiana. What the heck? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's and then, kind of a breed of its own. Yeah. At, well, I guess four or five Kentucky. But then here, I love it here. I've officially lived in Maryland longer than I've lived in anywhere else. So this is, I would say, more home to me than, than anywhere. I suppose so. I think you're right. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Especially within your adult life by far. Well, no, I mean, it's uh, once I passed 12 years, that was it. Have yeah. you been here for more than 12 years? Oh, uh, yeah. Wow. Well, geesh. Yeah. Yeah. You're Coming officially a Marylander. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, I appreciate that. You can be miserable with the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> but I actually love it here. I think it's great. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it has its ups and downs. Let us know in the comments what you think of this state. <laughs> you don't love it because you don't know anything else. It's uh, like it's true. Yeah. Well, no, I did, I did go to the NWI for two years. And honestly... There are parts of that area that I miss. Really? Yeah. I, I, I just, my wife and I talk all the time. Like, if we weren't, like, plugged in here, like, we'd probably just move out there. Northwest Indiana? Yeah, it's just, no like. No way. It's like, you've got your, oh my a good gosh. mix of rural, and then there's, like, nice suburb areas, like, you know, and then, like, Valpo. We'd probably move to Valpo. Really? Yeah, I like Valpo. That's hilarious. Yeah, I would yeah. not, I would not move to Valpo. No? No. I mean, Valpo's great for that area, but, like, I'm not moving to Indiana. Heck no. I don't know. I like that it's, um, yeah. you know, it's, I it's mean, close. It's, con- it's conservative. I like that. Yeah. But that's about right. it. Yeah. Catch me getting away from Harry Logan right quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I think for me, one of my favorite, and this, I mean, it's for sure a breaking the law story, but not, like, in a police chasing me kind of way yeah but we, growing up we had the farmer down the road from us always grew it was pretty much corn and pumpkins every year mm. and so they would harvest the corn and then they would plant and grow pumpkins nice and they would always leave some because you you know you leave some and you kind of till it back into the field so the uh, soil has nutrients nice and so we never felt bad stealing from the farmer because he was going to leave some of it anyway uh, and so we would get trash beef. bags of corn at the time but um and same thing with pumpkins but and yeah. four-wheelers made it that much easier we would just ride up the road duck through the field load up with pumpkins and ride back <laughs> but one time my cousin billy and i did it and i had you know my normal sized atv and he my brother was like seven at the time and he had this little tiny four-wheeler and it had like a it had like a widening kit on it so it didn't steer right especially if you were like an adult riding it like yeah. it, it just yeah. wouldn't steer if you were going full speed and billy was on that one yeah oh, nice. <laughs> of course yeah and so and but we would i mean we would have like 15 pumpkins on our front porch every year and it would be like a whole day carving them <laughs> nice. you know That's cool. and so we're in the field and i'm coming out from whatever corridor in there that i was getting pumpkins from and i look over and there's just an f-150 sitting there 
And I'm looking at him and he's looking at me and I was like, <laughs> and I look back and, you know, Billy's still coming. And so I just bolted, rolled out. <laughs> and there's Billy. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I, I totally left him in the dust. And he, it was really funny. The guy did like chase us out of the field. Really? Yeah. We, I mean, we were supposed to be in there, and yeah. then of course the Stealing the four, right, of course the four wheelers <laughs> were illegal too, and yeah. but there was like a gravel road in the middle of the field, and he was yeah. like coming down, like doing whatever it is farmers do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, so I just bolted, and I'm like out of the field, down the road, and I look back, and you know he's coming around, and I duck around the you know the corner like on asphalt now at this point, going back yeah. to my house as fast as I can before this guy comes back nice. and finds out where I live. Right. You right. know, and I look back and I see Billy kind of trying to round the corner on this thing and he yeah. goes to steer and it's just like, and doesn't steer at all. <laughs> <laughs> and he misses the telephone pole by like this much. Oh my gosh. And then about halfway down the road that my house is on, it just died. Yeah. You actually think the farmer didn't know who you were and where you lived? I mean, he at had, the time he had to have known. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we got away pretty quick. <laughs> he knew where you lived. And so he broke down, and then we had to, like, push it the rest of the way back. Oh, that's great. And that's we deserve. just put it back in the shed like we never touched it. And turns out we blew the motor. <laughs> <laughs> and so my dad's like, man, this thing won't start. And I'm like, man, I can't what? imagine why not. <laughs> can't imagine why not. I'm like, I, wow, that's crazy. Yeah. I don't know why. don't know why Almost that happened. Like somebody tried to haul some pumpkins with it. <laughs> what in the world? <laughs> My we still God. got away with a good amount of pumpkins, but Who it was just a thunk it. Yeah, just yeah. a good story, you know. Yeah, a good stealing story. from a farmer. You have much better breaking law stories than me. That's yeah. about the best one I got. That's so a good one. That's it. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, um, but anyway, yeah. man, we've been going for a while. Yeah, we have. Well, let's jump in here. Is that the cut? Yep. That's okay. The cut. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll cut there, and then some cut. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then we'll cut mm-hmm. back in. Mm-hmm. All right, so circling back here to the meaty stuff. So 1 Corinthians chapter 16, uh, circling the wagons part two. There's some interesting things in there. Yeah, I mean. I thought so. It was just a lot of uh, really good stuff. You know, Paul's just tying up the loose ends and And exhorting them. Yeah, exhort. And we're really tackling the last three quarters of the chapter because last (laughs) week was pretty much all finance. Yeah, you know, tackling that beginning. I mean, that's a significant event in Paul's life and journey, though. Yeah, for sure. Just because we've got a, you know, a few verses kind of isolated in the chapter on it, mm-hmm. it's really important. Um, but Paul hits uh, some interesting things, and we, we'll talk about church leadership a little bit, and kind of how, you know, maybe we could develop some ideas from what he was saying. Right. Uh, but right out of the gate, um, one of the things that you hit on that I think in our 21st century culture is really, uh, really important to get a handle on is that Paul, when he's, I, I feel like in his time, like there was probably few people that were busier than Paul. Mm. Um, but when he makes his journey, we see, uh, verses five through eight, uh, that he is leaving margin in his plans for whatever the Lord will decide to do. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was, you thought that was neat, obviously, cause you mentioned it in your message, but I thought that was neat too, that even somebody who is as busy and, you know, I'm sure he was very effective and efficient with his time sure. to a degree, you know, was, was mindful enough to just say, Hey, you know what? These are my plans, but if they don't go that way. Yeah. whatever you know well i think that you know you get this real sense that you know and I, and i think we we tied this in back to you know i think he talks about in thessalonians you know where he's gonna not go one direction mm-hmm. and then go to macedonia or whatever yeah um but you know i, th- I just think the 4d chess with paul <laughs> right well he's he's very much 
reliant on the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. You know? and, and I think that that's just his measure of success is carrying out what the Spirit of God wants him to do. And I feel like I've kind of reached that point, you know, in my life where I, you know, I have all these like dreams, ambitions, visions, you know, and I'm mm-hmm. like, well, what's what's the Holy Spirit? What's me? You know, what what is yeah? What is it that I want to do versus what God is trying to tell me to do? And so I think part of it is, you know, that piece where sorry, I mean to kick you. That's okay. That piece where you you know you kind of think like I'm forcing this. Mm-hmm. You know, you reach that point yeah. where you're like, I'm pushing too hard and this should be, uh, it should be effortless. This should be rolling at this mm-hmm. point, but it's not rolling. I'm pushing yeah. it up the hill. And I think that that's where, you know, he encountered friction. He encountered, um, you know, hostility in these towns and communities that he went in, you know, that he preached the gospel in. And I, I just think he allowed all of life's issues. He allowed his own testimony. He allowed his turmoil. He allowed his suffering all to contribute to what his next steps would be. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for me, that's a, that's an important thing. So it's almost like he was allowing his life events to sort of, he would take that as an act of providence to say, oh, okay, well maybe we should change course a little bit based on the occurrences in his life. Yeah. But not in the sense that he, was motivated by fear because I think many of us, we have this like turmoil or this trauma that we go back to and we say, well, we'll never go into that again. Mm -hmm. Paul didn't do that. He didn't say I won't go into it again, but he took it into consideration for what his next steps would be. And I think he was always prepared to meet the Lord, you know, which that's scary. It's unbelievable. And I think Mm -hmm. that's why he was uh, essentially single you know what I mean? And he didn't have a family. And so he could live a little bit more reckless than mm-hmm. maybe some of the others. But um, I just think that for me, looking at this and it plays into the the points that I set on church leadership. You know, he was called. He, you know, took his his marching orders from the spirit of God. And so how much better would we be? How much more effective? That would be a better way of saying it. How much more effective would we be for the sake of the gospel if we allowed all of the things that happened in our life to contribute to the path and the plan that God has for us rather than detract. Yeah. R- rather than deconstruct, I'm not doing this or I'm not called to that because of these things. And we do, we allow suffering to deconstruct the plan that the Lord has for us rather than allowing that to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I'm seeing here. I'm seeing him make adjustments, make movements and, and, you know, change direction leave space, leave margin for all Mm. of that. Uh, And even his successes, not just the suffering, not just the the trials, even the wins that he had. You know, it it wasn't like he was chasing that either. He was ultimately, you know, uh, kind of at the Holy Spirit's disposal. Yeah. Which is an incredible thing. Yeah, and I think maybe how I'm looking at it in my brain is that he, he is able to make changes and adjustments and change course with, you know, where he's going or what he's doing sure. based on these things, because he's looking at it through the lens of calling mm. and not just the lens of like, well, that's kind of difficult. Let's just go over here. Yeah. You know, cause he was very much so, I mean, you can't say that Paul wasn't willing to endure, you know, <laughs> hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ, as he would say. <laughs> right. Um, he was absolutely. Right. It's, in, it's incredible. Yeah. And kind of, this is an excellent segue into what Paul says in verse nine, uh, where he's just, he's like, look, a wide door of ministry has opened. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, but I face many adversaries. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think sometimes for us, you know, and, you know, and the Bible isn't about us, it's about Jesus. But what Paul is saying is very applicable 
in a sense that I think that we tend to like to us, at least in our context where we are, you know, a lot of people look at, you know, when things get difficult, when things get hard, like, uh, you know what, you know, a lot of people don't approve of what I'm doing. Maybe I should back off a little bit. Maybe I should stop. Mm. But for Paul, like adversaries was just a sign that he was doing what he was supposed to be doing. Yeah. You know, he knew that he, if one, it, he was going to die for his faith. Right. And he knew that, you know, as far as standing on the promises of God goes, Jesus said, you will endure persecution. Right. You know, and he was ready for it, you know. So his adversaries weren't, they were just something for him to watch the Lord push through. Right. And give him progress either way, rather than something that he was like upset about. Like, yeah. Ugh. You know, yeah, these people, yeah, exactly. Some people's children, <laughs> right? Yeah, it, it's just really amazing to see his perspective and to see how he kind of like, you know, ends, you know, this book, mm-hmm. right, or this letter rather with, um, hey, I, I, I'm not exactly sure what when I'm going to get there, what time. I know some others are coming to you, you know, and he yeah. kind of shifts that focus and says, you know, I. It, it, treat timothy with respect <laughs> right <laughs> like take it easy on him you know and as somebody uh, who's very wet behind the ears when it comes to ministry i very much so appreciate paul's sentiment yeah when he's like hey listen can you just like not rag on that guy right and just like stop talking about his mom <laughs> <laughs> or his grandmother or his grandmother right <laughs> right yeah it, it's just so um it, it, i don't know i i just can't wait to meet the guy yeah paul's just a phenomenal phenomenal dude and you know, the, the way he carried himself and the way he just left it all on the court was, was pretty amazing. He did indeed leave it all on the court. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you get, uh, towards the end of the chapter here, you get, he mentions some house church leaders and he makes some remarks about Timothy. And he kind of puts a, I liked what you said, because in the beginning of the book you have the, you know, he comes at him and he's like, hey, you know, all of you knuckleheads are arguing about like, well, I'm, you know, I, I like Apollos better than Paul or I like Peter or or, or Kephas is what he called him, one of Peter's names. But, um, you know, and then towards the end, he's like, oh, yeah, by the way, I'm talking with Apollos. Like, you guys are fighting over which one of us you like better, but, like, we're all actually on the same page. Right. We're all like-minded in, in, in accomplishing a mission, and you're fighting over, like, us, like, us, like we're sports teams. Right. You know, and so he kind of, yeah. there's, like, a subtle jab there, but the, the picture that's being formed here is that Paul is not a one-man band, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he kind of pulls the curtain back and he's like, listen, there's a lot, there's a lot of other people out there that are like me right. that are doing God's work and right. they should be treated the same way that you would treat me. Treat Timothy yeah. with respect because you would treat me with respect. Yeah. You know, not because of our offices or accomplishments, but because of what we are doing and who we are serving. Yeah. And I, I think that, you know, there's so much wisdom there that he wasn't pigeonholing himself into every area of ministry, you know, he was discipling, you mm-hmm. know, and then he was encouraging others to view those disciples, you know, as leaders, you yep. know, and that's something we're trying to do here, you know, at our church and uh, a ministry shouldn't rise and fall on one guy or one, shouldn't. one preacher, you know, if it rises on one guy, it will for sure fall, fall. on one guy. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, <laughs> the rise and fall of Mars Hill. Yeah. I think it's that's been entertaining. Our, I'm it probably has. halfway caught up. There's a lot of those. I didn't realize how many episodes there were. There's quite a few. I've been following it since like literally the week it came out and I'm fairly I, I'm halfway through the most recent episode. Yeah. I think I'm but about finished their interview with Josh Harris, which is just an interesting ball of wax to me. Yeah. I so many things to say about that and about him. And yeah, I don't know. I, I, I just have. 
and we've talked about it a little bit, and this is a, a segue, obviously. We're just having a talk here. Yeah, we're conversing. It's about this new podcast called The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill. Uh, and I think that our general consensus has been that we... I mean, we side with Mars Hill a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Mark Driscoll. He gets lot. ragged on, and I'm like, yeah, but what's yeah. wrong with that? <laughs> I know it. And I think part of it is just our view and optic towards church leadership, which is what this conversation is yeah. about. Yeah. And I think it's very hard to understand, you know, like a lot of the, you know, people can poke at decisions and how, mm-hmm. how to go about things, but we have conversations all the time about like, different angles that we should be having conversations and how things should be handled. And at any given time, like Mm -hmm. not even just a lapse of judgment, but just like a oops, that probably shouldn't have sounded that way or came or happened like that. But it does. But that doesn't mean we're evil, you know, or anybody for that matter. It it happens all the time. And so I just think that a lot of it, I think he gets a bad rep and some of it is deserved (laughs) for for sure. sure. But some of it, I think people just don't, you know, they'll 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 pick at a certain turn of phrase and he probably wasn't thinking at all when he said some of these things mm-hmm. or didn't mean it the way that it was, you know, perhaps captured. There's there's a lot of layers to it, I think. I think for me, you know, I'm always from this perspective of like, you know, people get number one, people can't laugh at themselves anymore. Right. People cannot take a, a joke like they just can't, you know, and, and um, our society doesn't know what humor is. Can't take not humor. at all comedians are getting canceled straight up yeah and i'm like the opposite of cancel culture (laughs) and if and i say things probably that i shouldn't say even in in sunday morning medium but i've i've gotten a lot better you know and i i I think part of this is just his thing is maturity you know Mm -hmm. it's he i'm sure if you had a conversation with him about these things now he would be like well well yeah i was young (laughs) right and that's my thing with josh harris is the guy i mean what a you know, I mean, his life just, and I think professionally he's doing fine. Really? But yeah, it seems I creeped his page and he's, yeah. you know, seems like he's still selling stuff and doing things. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. but I just think like he was probably just thrown into the public eye and a position of influence way, way too, too young. Yeah. I can't even imagine, like, I can't imagine being a best selling author now and, and being like a lead pastor of oh a large church Lord. now, Much let less. alone where I was. Yeah. Six years ago, I think he was, what, 17 or 18 when he sold his book that sold millions of copies. It's insane. Yeah, that's yeah. just a lot. And it's I think insane. that his success ultimately contributed to his demise. Yeah. And that's not his fault. It's just, it's a shame that he didn't have, you know, maybe more solid people around him to help him. Yeah, and you I know. honestly, I think back to, you know, a pivotal moment in my life when I was going through a shift and a change and I wanted to talk to you know, an older sage, you know what I mean? And I wanted to have that conversation. Mm -hmm. And I had several conversations with pastors that were 20 and 30 years my senior. And, you know, just with certain issues, certain things that I said, it was immediately I was written off, you know? Yeah. And and that's a problem. Paul, Mm -hmm. he... There were clearly theological differences between him and Apollos. There were there were, you know, issues with with Timothy that he was trying to accomplish specifically, like in terms of like his ethnicity, you know, his age, all of that. Right. Uh, And Paul was being strategic with it, but he did not let Timothy and Apollos, uh, you know, he didn't let them go to the wayside in in preference over the ministry or the work that he had for them to do. Yeah. He was he was still concerned with them as a person. Mm-hmm. He was concerned with how they would receive them and the unity that that took place from that church's perspective. So I, I just think we would do well as a as a church, you know, to 
um, you know, not place a position or even a purpose or a plan over the person. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like we need to treat people like people, you know, and love people in those positions and also love people that are different than us. Mm -hmm. You know, we need to be able to laugh as well. We need to be able to, to disagree. We need to be able to all of those things, you know? So anyway, I just have so many like mixed emotions and mixed feelings as it pertains to that podcast. And yeah, there's a lot yeah. there. And there I just I, fi- I just find it enter- entertaining just to kind of regardless of the slant one way or another with it, right. just kind of tracking with the journey there yeah. a little bit and just kind of uh, maybe learning from the sidelines as far as like, you know, the mistakes that are made when you're experiencing sure. growth that is unlike anything else. Not yeah. to say that will experience that in the same way. But, but like who could experience growth like that and, and be okay? Is right, that exactly. Is that ever the design? Should th- right. Should that even be the goal right. to experience that kind of growth? I just think if you look at his family now and you follow him, you mm-hmm. know, he's got good kids and right. the, from the perspective of, of what we see, which obviously that might not be the exact thing that is the reality in their life, but it sure seems to be that it he's does. a, a and I real think it's dude. pretty easy to pick with, things with, apart. That's right. You know? Yeah, and so if it's above anyway. water, then yeah, and know. and there should be some some things to be said about the fact that his family is intact, and if he is as bad as, mm-hmm. you know, just because you have a guy who his personality is as such that look, I'm not going to pander, you know, right. I, I'm not going to say, you know, they're going to call him a misogynist, but you know, he clearly, you know treated the the women in his church specifically the single women very yeah, well treated them very well you know and took care of them. he actually and cared for widows that, that's and, right you know yeah so yeah. to me the stereotype it doesn't fit it doesn't you know, this, and he i think yeah. he gets flack in the podcast for being like a complementarian and then for and i'm like well that you know what's even if you're that? not that what's wrong with it yeah. you know like it's not like we're you know i think there is a line uh, or a view of, of marriage and men and women that can be misogynist for sure towards women which i'm not for but i don't really think complementarianism is that or at least not is good right that's what i'm but that that's that was the confusing part for me where it's been brought up by multiple people that have been interviewed and it's kind of brought up in like a bad light Mm. and to me i'm like i don't i don't really see the rub here but no whatever but that to me like i enjoy the podcast i have never cared for christianity today as like a publisher Mm. just because i always feel like they like they play the they play the clickbait game and the and the same games that every other media outlet plays under right. the guise of Christendom, which I don't appreciate. Right. But I say all that to say, are they woke? Yeah, I think so. Oh, okay. I think they're all pretty right. woke. I don't know. I don't. Yeah, this they is are like the only piece of journalism. I, and I think Russell Moore didn't he just go to work for them? Uh, Do you know who that is? No, that's not okay. a clue. That's all right. No, yeah. no, no worries. Google that anyway. But yeah, check out Ride the Rise and Fall of Mars Hill. Very it's interesting story to follow. It's entertaining. Uh, it's not going to drain you like perhaps some of the more heavier things that you would listen to. Right. Um, but I think, too, like coming from and I know that a lot of our listeners, you know, because there's so many of them, but um, <laughs> a lot of our <laughs> so listeners many are, of you. are coming from. I actually people come up to me all the time now, just especially some of our newer members like, hey, that thing you and Pastor Matt do is really cool. I like that. Oh, that's cool. You know, uh, what's it? Uh, Scott and Scott came up to me this week and said something about it. And then uh, James. Yeah, James came up and said two something. Two great guys. And two great guys. They Love just got baptized. So They're yeah. awesome. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, that's really cool. And I was like, yeah, we've done like 20 of those. <laughs> <laughs> you should watch them all. <laughs> well, I think what, it, you know, the kind of my perspective towards that podcast too is that a lot of our folks are recovering fundamentalists. Yes. And so this will resonate. You know, there it does. will be, there will be some, some things that you're like, oh my gosh, like 
the error the error in his ways and the mm-hmm. error it's in the same is the, the same. same route yeah for sure and and i think that it that does is seem like he was power hungry for sure yeah yeah well but that's what i'm saying like how do you that's the problem right it, and that's where i think it's more about you know the design and and it maybe maybe it's all just accountability you know mm-hmm. what i mean right maybe it's okay to have a mega church and it's just not okay to not be accountable or to yeah but to me, it's like a mixture, right? I think there's a lot of mega churches that do mega church really well, and they're very yeah. impactful. And then there's yeah. a lot that just don't, right? You know, yeah. And unfortunately, Mars Hill will probably go down as one that that did that, not that did not do it yeah. well because they no longer exist, right? But I think that it's it's you know good for you to listen to it because for me, it was like, you know, here's a church that was absolutely not independent Baptist, mm-hmm. but the same the stuff same pitfalls, and, th- and that just goes happening. to show you that there's just a very it's a very common thread of human struggle with people of, right. of all walks of life right. and, and denominations and so forth. But it was good for me, though, too, to see that it's not just about the legalism mm-hmm. and it's not just as, as, as it's not just about like the standards, because that's where when I when I came out of that movement, it was like, oh, it's it's the legalism. It's the standards. No, no, it's it's not just that you can have this. Excuse me. You can have this toxic environment. And be a non-denominational church. Right, yeah. Which is very, very important. Yeah, and that's, I think, the hard bridge for people to cross. It's like, it's not like we have beef with your your standards, quote-unquote, or your stand on different things. Like, that's all fine and good, but, like, you know, you it's the leadership piece right. is, is a problem. And th- I think the way that a lot of these churches' government systems are set up just kind of lend themselves to it. That's right. It's like you walk right into yeah. it and it's set up to be a failure. <laughs> and even in, in the podcast, right, they're, like, going through this shift in their mm-hmm. constitution when and those they two sh- elders got fired yeah and they were yeah. shoving it down their throat and it's like anytime that's happening there should be red flags yeah you know and so this was really good for us this this study um i i haven't pulled it up yet but you know going going through these last kind of items that paul was walking through i'll just read them really quick um we're, we're highlight real here he, we go he wasn't a lone wolf he was sensitive to the holy ghost he made it clear that it was the lord's calling upon timothy and apollos uh, and Paul shows that he is in alignment with these other leaders. So it's mm-hmm. like those are all really great, healthy things, and they're they're like KPIs, right? You know, if you're in sales, but they're they're key point indicators that you have a healthy leadership team, mm-hmm. and and your, your church, like, how is your church's leadership? Right? Is it healthy? Is it in this place where you know your pastor is the lone wolf? If if he is, that's a problem. You know what yeah. I mean? And at some point, I'm not saying, you know, there's always a guy that's the lead pastor or the teaching pastor or the senior pastor that's that's out front. But what's he like behind closed doors? Mm-hmm. You know, is he a bully? Does he know? surround himself with people that only say yes? Right. And if he does, that's a problem. You yeah. know, so anyway, I was I was really helped by that. Yeah, it was really good. <laughs> My wife was listening and she was like, man, you know, I, I listened to the and it was the elder episode where. You know, he makes his quote like, look, you, you either get on the Mars Hill bus or you, you know, you get run over by the bus. Right. And, you know, she tuned in when he said there's a lot of bodies behind the <laughs> Mars Hill bus. And she was like, you know, I'm kind of intrigued. I want to listen, but I just yeah. don't know if I can handle it. And I was like, what do you mean? I was like, it's it's like church yeah. stuff. And she was like, well, just like, yeah. like, did they really find bodies? And I was like, oh, my no, gosh. I was like, just it was I was like, it was a <laughs> metaphor. And she was like, oh, OK, well, that's cool. <laughs> It's like, yeah, you just this is a true crime podcast, <laughs> right? Yeah. There's uh, like a bajillion fun. true crime podcasts. Yeah. And yeah. Though there was probably crime at Mars Hill, there it's not yeah. a true crime podcast. No, it's not. 
Anyway. Oh, man. Well, we appreciate you hanging out with yeah. us. Yeah. And um, in the description of this episode, you'll find the, the link to the message and the link to his message notes uh, if you want to study along with that and do a little bit of extra research on your own. And, um, man, we'll be back uh, next week. Five-year anniversary Sundays this weekend. Man, I'm, I'm really excited. I, it's going to be really good. Yeah. Don't miss the anniversary. You know, it's, it's going to be a great thing. I think we said it in the service Sunday. Like, I think the Holy Ghost likes to fall more under tents <laughs> than he does, <laughs> right. like, in normal, yep. you know, in normal You pitch a tabernacle, building. he shows up. That's right. <laughs> and the tent of meeting is going to be loose. Yeah, it's going to be but, good. Yeah, don't miss it. We've got an extended worship set. Um, we have a special uh, video that's going to be shown. It um, is indeed special for, from what I hear. Yeah, for a five-year. And we're going to watch it there first. Before it goes out on, so let's not put it out on social media or yeah. anything I don't like even that. have a video. Yeah, we'll need to do I yet. <laughs> but I will on Saturday, um, Friday. But anyway, yeah. the, the point is, is like, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. There's going to be some awesome things. And we're going to have a cornhole tournament. I mean, yeah. Let's go. Right. Some good food. Don't miss it. Invite someone. Maybe you know someone uh, that came to our church a year ago or two years ago, and they haven't been going to church anywhere. They've just been falling off the wagon. Or they haven't been back since COVID. You know, whatever it is. Give, give them a call. Invite someone to come. Send them a message. Uh, this is going to be a special service at 10 yeah. a.m., mm-hmm. not 11. 10 a.m. If service. you show up at 11, you'll probably miss a lot of good stuff. Yeah, not everything, it. but some good stuff. Yeah, one, yeah. one He'll service. still be preaching, rest assured, at 11 <laughs> o'clock. No, it's a short message. Mm. It's short. You got a title for it yet? Nope. 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 Yep. It's going to be very celebratory, I'll say that. Yep. Yeah. Five years, is though. Is it called, like, High Five or something? That's a that's a really good idea. Maybe we'll use that one. Yep. Yeah. Well, hey, if he uses it, title cred right here. Yeah. And, uh, anyway, the Lord's been so good to us. Uh, the things that he has done, the mountains that he's moved, and the mountains that we are anticipating him to continue to yep. move. Yep. This it's is just the tip of the iceberg. It is. Well, get on the bus. Yeah. Or get or run get over, run over, the, over bus. the bus. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. Well, <laughs> thanks for hanging out with yeah. us, and we'll see you on Sunday God next week. You. God bless. Yes. Do less. <laughs> Thanks so much for tuning in for this conversation on the Bethlehem Church Podcast. We hope it was a blessing to you. If you want to know more about us, feel free to check out our website at BethlehemChurch.cc. And also, in every conversation we publish, you'll find our sermon notes in the description, and we hope that you'll study these topics further. We'll see you next time.